Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Hey, welcome to another edition of Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee, Managing Partner at Elevated Retirement Group. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We always appreciate your time, and hopefully you pick up a useful nugget or two of information. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, and you can do so a couple of ways. Check us out online at elevatemyretirement.com. That's Sean's main website there, elevatemyretirement.com. Or you can check out Retirement Elevated Podcast. Dot com. That is retirementelevatedpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can click on the link for iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or iHeart or whatever your choice of podcasting platform is. And as always, if you got questions or concerns and you need some immediate feedback, never hesitate to reach out and talk with Sean and the team. 855-50-RETIRE, the number to call, 855-50 and the word retire. Sean, buddy, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I am hanging in there. Hope that you're doing well. Uh, it's a little warm in my neck of the woods this week. How's it going for you? It's hit and miss. Yeah. I mean, we're, we've had about eight straight days of rain, and we're, uh, we had eight straight days of rain outs for baseball for our kids, so we're just trying to figure out when we're going to play some games. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha, yeah. Will. I'm sure the kids are frustrated as well. They're like, come on, I want to play some baseball. <laughs> oh, man. It is... I, my boy's like a caged animal. He's, trying to, he's hitting in the house. And, um, I'm like, dude, you got to go outside, buddy. And you can't hit baseballs in the house. Exactly. I'm sure mom's not going to be too happy about that one either. So well, there you go. Well, hopefully no. that'll pass pretty soon. But hey, let's get into our program and, uh, and get some things started here. I got a question for you. I want to kick things off. We had one sent in to us from Jeff. And uh, Jeff's over in Draper. And he said, hey, Sean, I want to retire in five years when I turn 55. So he's only 50 now. Is that a bad idea? Well, uh, I mean, there's <laughs> maybe, if, if maybe you, not. financially, if you can do it, that's awesome. I mean, there are some things to look out for if you're going to retire that early, mm-hmm. how to pull income out. I mean, where's your money invested? So looking at the age of 55, if most of the money's in a retirement account, there's some restrictions that, that he's going to have. I mean, the way that the rules work right now you really can't get money out of an IRA pre-59 and a half without a, a 10% penalty with a couple of exceptions. And what are those exceptions? Well, you could do what's called the 72T distribution, which is you create a systematic income for a five-year period, but you're locked into those five years. You have to, you have to follow the rules. We could also look at pulling money out of a 401k after 55. You'll have to leave your money in the 401k. You can't move it to an IRA but then you also get past the 10% early withdrawal penalty. So when it comes to retiring at 55, when it comes to retiring early, you really want to take some time and figure out, you know, what am I going to do from 55 to at the earliest 62? Because that's when Social Security becomes available. What sources of income do I have? Do I have pensions? Do I have, am I going to work part-time? And then how am I going to get my assets out? You know, that's the key. How are you going to distribute those assets out during that period of time? And what ways to do that are you comfortable with? So, I mean, if you've got the money to do it and you've planned and saved, do it. I mean, if that's really the goal, but understand that there are restrictions on the back end that you need to really take into account to make it happen from an income perspective. Yeah. Well, it's a great question. It's a simple question. And actually, it's a really good segue to talk about our topic today. Another piece to think about, Jeff, is the medical side, right? Because you can't do anything there with Medicaid until you're 65. So... You know, just make right. sure you got to go out in the open market yep. and understand what those costs are going to be. 
I got to think, Sean, if he's at 50 and thinking about this at 55, well, he didn't say in the email, so hopefully he's thought some of these things through. But if he hasn't, right. to your point, if you can do it, great, but make sure you're talking with your financial advisor before you pull that trigger for sure. And of course, you know, give Sean a call and, you know, if you've got some specific questions, really kind of get into the nitty gritty there, Jeff, and make sure that you're having those conversations before you take any action. 855-50-RETIRE if you need to. 855-50-RETIRE. So again, it's a simple question in some ways. Hey, can I retire at 55? But sometimes they're hard to answer. So I've got five kind of simple retirement questions here for you, Sean, that are kind of in that category. Some of the retirement planning's most important questions seem simple to answer at first, but as we kind of just proved, when we start to dive in, it's not always just a yes or no. So I'll give you a couple things. You give us some feedback on this. So deciding when to take Social Security, you know, it can seem simple. Well, I can get it at 62, so I just will, but maybe that's not always the right answer. Right, or it's, you know, my advisor or I heard on the radio that, you know, learn how to maximize your social security. I mean, social security is, is one of those things. Yeah, I get it. It's a social benefit, but it's something that you pay into for years and years and years. Every year that you work, every year that you get a paycheck, every year that you pay FICA, you're putting into social security. So when you look at taking social security, there's this idea of, well, let's maximize it. Well, what does that mean? Let's, let's get the most money possible. Well, if you want to learn how to maximize Social Security, there's only one way to do it, and it's work till you're 70. There's the secret sauce. But what people don't take into account when they look at, at this maximization idea, is they don't take into account how to optimize Social Security. And there will be a mathematical point in time, mathematical age for you, your spouse if you're married, of when it makes the most sense to pull out Social Security to put the least amount of stress on your assets. And I tell people all the time, listen, Social security is a benefit that's going to create a sound income, structured income for you. But you can't call social security if you need some cash and say, hey, man, <laughs> I, I need you to send me more money. It's not like, it's not like well, your account, Well, that would account, be nice, right? wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, but you can do that with your investment accounts. So why not find the optimum time to go out and, and use social security to put the least amount of stress on your money? Because your money is transferable to the next generation. It's available if you need it in an emergency and you have control. So when I look at social security, let's talk about optimizing it, not maximizing it. Yeah, no, good point. And I love that idea. Too bad that doesn't exist, but hey, it is what it is. I know, right? <laughs> All right, number. Could you imagine how many calls uh, they Oh my hey, gosh. Um, I need some cash. They would have to, they would have to never answer the phones, right? It would have to always go to automation and whatever because it would just never stop ringing. It would be we'll pretty We'll call bad. you back yeah, in 500 exactly. days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 500 years. All <laughs> uh, right. So, five simple retirement questions. That was one. Here's two designing a truly diversified portfolio. Now, is this a tricky one? because you know we should say yes you need to design a truly diversified portfolio but is it harder than just saying yes it is i mean there's what a lot of people see and, and you know i think that there are a lot of people that are that fall into this trap and it's like well i looked at at my 401k all my 401k options and i looked at the 10 year returns and i just picked a couple of them so i was diversified when there really wasn't a lot of analysis on the back end. And I see this all the time. People will come in and say, Sean, hey, can you do an evaluation for us? Just let us know what's going on from a, from a risk and a fee and an investment standpoint. And in many cases, we'll find they may have eight or nine different mutual funds, 
but five of them are all doing the same thing. And so they yeah. feel like they're diversified because I've got all these different funds. But right. the reality is it's a, a sea of sameness. And when you've got a sea of sameness, it worked out well the last 10 years. But I don't know what the next 10 years are going to hold. And if we've got investments all doing the same thing, it creates the potential for unnecessary risk. Yeah. I was talking with an advisor about a year ago, I think, and he told me a crazy story about a guy that came in and had 60 you know, 60 different mutual funds. And he's like, y- you own Coke like 32 times, you know, yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. And it's like, so yeah. And, and the guy did the same thing. He really felt like by just continually buying different kinds of mutual funds and things that he was well diversified and, and he wound up, it's mostly large cap, right? And right. so that wound up being the case. So yeah, good point. Very good point. What we tell people is you want your investment strategy to do, to have two things. You want it to be elegantly simple, which means that you're properly allocated and properly diversified through all the areas. Okay. But we also want your portfolios to be boring. Uh, we want them to be boring so you can have the craziness and the excitement in your life and you're not worrying about, yeah. oh man, the market's up, the market's down. It's just, you got a boring allocation that's elegantly simple, we'll yeah. call it. Well, it was like that quote we, I think I don't know if we had it on here or not, but it was one of a, it was a Nobel Prize winning uh, financial guy. And he was like, you know, financial planning should be, should be boring, actually. He's like, if you want excitement, take your money and go, take some money and go to Vegas. You know, take a thousand bucks, go to Vegas. That's the right. point, right? So you want it to be kind of boring there. So that's great. I like that. Simply elegant is a good way to put it. All right. Number three, picking funds in the 401k. Again, this seems like a pretty simple retirement question. Uh, you can just say, okay, well, let me just pick, like we were just talking about, let's, let's pick the, uh, for example, let's say a 2030 or a target date fund, right? Something like that. Yeah. The, I mean, the simplest way to do it is a target date funds. Right. I mean, it's, you're getting a, a fund of funds in essence, it's going to be managed. Hopefully there's not too much duplication, you know, but then you have the choice in a lot of 401ks Well, you can go out and you can build your allocations yourself and you can, you can invest in the funds whatever they may be, right. however they may be, and you can choose the different allocations. You know, there's good and bad to both, but if you're going to build an allocation, make sure that you understand what those those funds are investing in. Because when you look at it, there's this you know, growth fund of America, or there's this international fund, or this large company fund. They've got all these different names, but in a lot of cases, they may have some of the same holdings. So if you're going to build your allocation, make sure that it is truly diversified. If you're not comfortable with that, there's nothing wrong with using one, just one target date fund. So don't don't use a, a couple of them. Just mm, just pick one okay. and call it good, and that that will alleviate some of the stress and pressure of, oh man, how do I how do I allocate? What fund should I buy? Use a target date, and that little date at the end of the fund just states the date that you're expecting to retire. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if we're talking about the 401ks, another simple question might be about doing the 401k rollover. You know, it's like, okay, yes. I mean, it's something that, you know, a lot of people have been strongly looking at. And so it seems simple, but there could be some mitigating circumstances. You want to make sure you're checking. Yeah. I mean, with the 401k rollover, anytime that you leave an employer, you have three choices. You can cash the money out if you're if you want. Now, there are circumstances that happen there. You have to pay taxes. And if you're under 59 and a half, you need to go ahead and pay an early 10% penalty. You can, in a lot of cases, leave it at the 401k provider. You just are beheld to their investment choices. Mm-hmm. Or you can roll it out into an IRA. And, right. and then when you roll it into an IRA, you have a little bit more control. You get to choose the investment options yourself. But going back to that first question that Jeff had is, well, I'm I'm turning 55. Can I retire? If all of his money's in a 401k, 
he's going to want to leave it in the 401k to get get away from the 10% early withdrawal penalty. If right. he rolls that into an IRA, he becomes exposed to that. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be these little caveats you want to double check. And that's why our topic has been kind of you know these simple retirement questions that sometimes can be a little harder to answer than they might seem on the surface. And before we go, Sean, we'll finish up this week's podcast by our fifth one. And that's addressing the cost of some sort of long-term care, nursing homestay, something. Um, it seems simple, but boy, this one is probably maybe the one of the more complicated ones. I mean, he's like, yes, you should address it, but how do you go about addressing it for each situation? Well, and that one's hard because there are so many studies out there. I mean, Genworth does a great study each and every year that talk about, you know, I think it's 60%, 50 or 60% now of Americans are going to need long-term care. The cost is, you know, nationally 92000 for private care and 47 for home health care. And you've got all these, and those numbers came from the Genworth cost of care study that was just released. But when they put those numbers out, you know, 50 or 60% of Americans need long-term care. They're taking into account, and I'll use my grandparents as an example. Okay. I, had a, I had a grandfather, had open heart surgery, went into a rehab center for a couple of weeks. He also had a stroke, had to go into a rehab center for a couple of weeks. They count that towards the, the long-term care statistics. My grandmother in Rhode Island, she would get bladder infections and she would have to go into a rehab facility for a couple of weeks. So if you look at my grandparents, all four of my grandparents had some sort of stay. It wasn't a prolonged two, three year stay, but they had some sort of stay. So they count towards that. Um, my wife's grandparents, you know, on her dad's side, they lived in, a, in an assisted living nursing home facility. So they were there for a prolonged period of time. And her grandfather now has been in a memory care unit for the last two years. So when you look at between my wife and I, the stays were much different, mm -hmm, right. but they all count towards those stats. And what I tell people is I don't know if you're going to need long-term care. I know that we're living longer and I know that the cost of healthcare and, and those things are, are happening. But the odds are uh, increasing, right? Yeah, the odds are increasing, but is it really a living situation where you're going yeah. in to live there? Right. Uh, it could be somebody coming to your place once or twice a week. It could be a lot. There's so many variations now. Yeah, and what I tell people is, okay, if you're concerned about that, let's understand the real cost today, and then let's determine how you want to solve that problem. Because there's more than one way to solve the problem. We just need to find out, based on your plan, based on your, your unique situation, based on what your comfort level is, how you want to solve the problem, and then we, we solve it. Right. Well, the question is hard to answer, but the concept is easy. Should you be addressing it? Yes. <laughs> Please do yourself a right. favor and make sure you're addressing it. Well, that's all the time we have this week for Retirement Elevated, but I think those are some really good points of five kind of takeaways that you can take with you. Again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can listen to past episodes. You can replay one. More and more people are listening to podcasts in their car now when they're traveling versus traditional radio stations or satellites. So uh, if you want to subscribe, make sure you do so. Go to the website, Retirement Elevated podcast.com retirement elevated podcast.com while you're there click on whichever one is uh, the, the most appropriate for you if you use itunes or apple click on that you can subscribe to it there it'll give you the link to do so and then it'll just be right there on your apple app there for you same thing with google play and so on and so forth but as always if you have questions and you need to talk with someone before you take action give sean 
and the team at Elevated Retirement a call, Elevated Retirement Group, I should say, a call, 801-639-0095. That's the local number, 801-639-0095, or you can call 855-50-RETIRE. Sean, buddy, thanks for your time, man, and be careful with those baseballs in the house. We will. We will. (laughs) Get outside tonight. There you go. We'll see you next time here on Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.